Brent Copeland wouldn't be taking too much notice, I wouldn't have thought, of the AFL fixtures. He's got a job to do. Great analysis on the Seven Network as the test summer continues. And G's doing a lot of analysis on Marnus Labashane's game because he spent a lot of time in the middle already this summer. And Trent joins us live from Adelaide ahead of day two here on Sports Breakfast. Trent, good morning. Thanks for your time. Good morning, guys. Yes, Marnus is out in the middle and he's about to go past Matty Hayden's record of 500 runs plus in a two-game series. Uh, quite remarkable when Hados did it against Zimbabwe. Yeah, I didn't think we'd ever be back here, but he is relentless at the moment. Now, Trent, you've bowled to Marnus, and you've, you've had a little bit of success against him in your Sheffield Shield career. What's the key to bowling to Marnus? Because clearly the West Indies haven't been able to utilise those those skills to knock him over in this series. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a funny one. Look, it's a combination. He's got me a lot as well, mind you. I have got him out a few times, but it's been... Uh, the times where I have had success, and I guess, you know, you think India, England teams that have had um, some relative success in recent times as well, it's uh, balls coming back into the stumps, getting LB, uh, you know, with that prelim that he has across the stumps. But you can't just bowl straight is the key. You can't just bowl at middle and leg stump because you get hurt. It's got to be balls pitching, you know, on fourth and fifth stump for the layman, I guess, just outside the stunts on the offside, coming back into the stunts to try and get him LB. But, yeah, I think the West Indies lacked it. a bit of penetration after Nindley's uh, hamstring injury yesterday. meant they had to go to, you know, part-time off-spin and, uh, you know, some of the all-rounders really early and it just took a bit of air out of the contest. Well, let's just go back to the... We'll start at the pitch. What? How did you assess it when you saw it and... Then three, only three wickets falling. I mean, we've got a few reasonings for that, maybe. Yeah, I think so. It, it's a good pitch. I think the level of grass here in Adelaide is the same. The, the preparation, speaking to Damien Hoff out in the middle yesterday, he was really happy with it. It's probably a little more straw-coloured than it uh, is normally here. But, look, I think had Australia bowled first yesterday we might have seen uh, a little different equation come stumps. Um, but, look, these Aussie batters are invincible at the moment. I think one thing I'm really excited to watch is Travis Head keep flourishing uh, today. So there's a lot of talk about Marnus Labuschagne. But, yeah, man, his last summer, I guess, in the Ashes, uh, he was player of the series. And then you know, watching him this summer as well, he just looks like a man at ease of himself, his game, playing with complete freedom. So, yeah, ominous signs for the West Indies. They need to aim up this morning. Trent, I'm sure when you're commentating, you try to be as positive as possible. But how could the West Indies sort of come up with, after nine overs or something, they're bowling an off-spinner. Manus comes to the crease and they've got an off-spinner bowling. I mean, after what we saw in um, in Perth, the way that he, he struggled with the short ball. Yeah, uh, look, that was a real dagger to my heart, I'll be honest. I was in the, you know, in my little dungeon where I do my analysis down on the side of the boundary at the Adelaide Oval, and it shocked me. I was a bit, you know, rattled by the fact that Ross and Chase is bowling. If you if you could dial up some conditions in Australia, you know, you talk Perth, but you talk Adelaide day night, and we saw, you know, the tenth over bowl by Ross and Chase yesterday with the first new ball, and we saw Offspin finishing the day last night under light, second new ball in hand as well. So, look, it's been tough on the Windies, uh, and certainly having an injury really hurt their chances on, you know, that ultimate ideal scenario. But, look, when it happened, I thought to myself, 
let's have a look actually at the matchup data with Marnus and Offspin. I wonder if it's a decision based on that. And he averages 108 Ooh. prior to the game yesterday against balls spinning into him in Test cricket. So. Yeah, I think it might need to be a look elsewhere type thing today. Yeah, well, Craig Brathwaite got him in Perth when he was on 204, so I don't know if that had anything to do with it off-spin. Uh, Brathwaite came on a few overs after chase, but, yep, clearly, Labuschagne dominant against all uh, varieties of, of bowling at the moment. Trent, just back to the pitch. Ricky Ponting made some comments pretty early in the, the first session around a couple of deliveries where, where balls hit the pitch and a little bit of a puff of dust. Now, you don't often see that on the first day, particularly at the Adelaide Oval. Will that encourage Nathan Lyon as this, this test goes on with his offspin? Yeah, I think, A, Nathan Lyon, but B, someone like Scott Boland, mm. I think. Mitchell Stark included in that too. I think the, the relentless pressure around the top of the off stump with a little bit of reverse swing uh, as a prospect as the game wears on, if the surface becomes a bit more abrasive. So, look, I think Nathan Lyon... He is outstanding at this area as his most profitable venue in Australia. So, yeah, I think he'll be licking his lips. I also think if Austin Chase is going to bowl, I think he needs to bowl at the other end than what he did yesterday. It's certainly an end that Nathan Lyon, the city end, is the, the end that Nathan Lyon tends to operate at, you know, almost his entire career here. So much more assistance there, and I think that's where the puffs of dust came up. Trent Copeland is with us, former Australian paceman, Channel 7 cricket commentator. We're chatting the opening day of uh, the second test, Australian West Indies from the Adelaide Oval. You'll catch Trent part of the seven coverage again later today. Uh, Trent, we, we look at this Australian bowling lineup, and there's a couple of uh, less familiar faces. Scott Boland was one of the heroes of last summer, and Michael Neeser gets a second test opportunity. But Josh Hazelwood, should we be concerned about his fitness? He's only played two test matches in the year of 2022, and I know the conditions that he's been... Um, afforded in Sri Lanka and Pakistan means he's missed a few tests. But should we be concerned with 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 the fitness of Josh Hazelwood? No. Short answer, no. I don't think we should at all. I think he's one of the most resilient fast bowlers uh, that I've played with and and seen. Uh, you know, as a like you guys, a cricket fan, I watch basically every bit of cricket that's on the telly, no matter where it is around the world. And I think we're incredibly lucky to have. You know, those three quicks, largely, that play together and have done for a long time. Um, this one, I think, along with, say, Pat Cummins missing this game as well, is on the you know, brink of a South Africa series that is crucial. Uh, you know, the top two teams in the World Test Championship. Uh, and then you, you're talking India away, World Test Championship final, potentially, and then Ashes away. It doesn't get bigger than that in terms of the next 12 months. So... I think this is a bit of a cautious eye on, okay, it is a genuine little niggle and you missed last summer with this trying to push it. Um, let's not push it and, and make sure we get a full Josh Hazelwood summer. So that's my take. Whether whether that's exactly what's happened, who knows, uh, you know, from the outside looking in, but that's certainly my take on it. Trent, would you like to have seen... Lance Morris unleashed. I'm not sure if you've had the pleasure of facing him, and I say pleasure in inverted commas, of facing him in first-class cricket. Would you like to have seen Lance Morris unleashed? I would, yeah. I mean, I have played against him a couple of times. Uh, Certainly early in his career, he had nowhere near the level of skill that he now possesses. Uh, And, you know, I've been really impressed watching his development. And even, you know, you're talking Adam Voges in the West, how he's been used and when he's been used has been the key to him getting to here. So, 
Look, it's been exciting, and yeah, I mean, a few people out there calling him the wild thing. I reckon we need to come up with something else because you know, Sean Tate was the wild thing. There's a few others that have been that as well. Uh, Lance is his own man. He's got charisma. He's scary at the top of his run-up, and yeah, when we do see him in Test cricket, it's going to be fun to watch because the opposition are going to be jumping around. Trent, where are we heading today in this Test match? Uh, I think Australia picking their poison on on when they want to bat till, and then you know if I'm a guessing man, it's probably you know get yourself to that night twilight session and and have a bowl then when you got sort of 500 plus on the board. So much like Perth, I think you give yourself the best and you know the optimal scenario to be taking a new ball where it's going to do the most, and you've got your opposition where you want them. So. It's important that they get through this first hour this morning. These two not out batters, and then you know, then they can dictate play from there. Trent David Warner hit four sparkling boundaries yesterday. We thought he's on for a big score. He's had a big 24, 48 hours, been back in the news with his leadership ban and not contesting that with Cricket Australia and that playing out in a very public fashion. Where do you think David Warner's at with his cricket at the moment? Is there a big score around the corner as he prepares for South Africa? Yeah, I think there is a big score around the corner, and it's a shame that you know he's had the... By being aggressive in, in his nature, he's got out in these two test matches, you know, for first innings in particular, uh, and had to sit and watch largely. You know, say you fast-forward 20 minutes from where he got out, he's facing spin at almost both ends yesterday. So it is a shame, and, and certainly the ball he got out to yesterday and the first innings in Perth, two wide, full-ish balls from Alzari Joseph that normally plunder through the fence. So... Look, I'm certainly not worrying about technique or, you know, where Davey stands. He would have had a tough couple of weeks uh, leading up to this, uh, you know, off-field stuff that has been well documented. But the best thing, honestly, the best thing for him and any of these guys when there's a bit of scrutiny off-field is get out, bat in hand, in middle, and, and play the game you love because then you start forgetting about everything else and just let you back to the talking. So I am almost... You know, I'm not happy that he's missed out a couple of times, but I cannot wait to see him up against Rabada, you know, Nokia and the like from South Africa, where we just know he's going to be up for the contest. And I'm I'm expecting a biggie, either at the Gabba or hopefully on Boxing Day. Yeah, well, that'll be his 100th test, all being well, uh, David Warner at the Indeed. MCG on Boxing Day. So that's all set up perfectly, isn't it? A ground he's had a lot of success at. Yeah, absolutely. And you think about the legends of the game that have you know passed that milestone in the past, Davies, you know, had some stuff going on recently, but you look at his numbers, it is just incredible. Few players have been able to do what he has done, and I'm not just talking test cricket, I'm talking all three formats, uh, and the, the attitude he brings to the team, but how he plays the game, I still vividly remember, you know, you're talking 100th test match MCG, I vividly remember, I'm sure you guys do too, taking apart Dale Stane at that venue on debut in T20 cricket. I think it was his debut anyway. It was very early in his T20 career where he had never even played for New South Wales in red ball cricket at that point. And he was you know, in the, the canary and gold taking apart one of the world's best fast bowlers in T20 cricket, changing the game. So 
we're very lucky to have had him, and yeah, it's been an amazing career. Imagine saying after that night he'd go on to play 100 tests and be one of Australia's great multi-format players. So, yep, uh, respect to David Warner for what he's achieved in the game, and no doubt a big score around the corner. Trent, thanks for taking our call nice and early in Adelaide this morning, and, and good luck with uh, the coverage today. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Trent Copeland joining us here on Sports Breakfast, former Australian placement. He played three tests for Australia back in 2011 and 